0: We are here. We are ready to go. Thank you for joining me today, New Hope Radio. We're going to kick off another week of broadcasting with a brand new topic, brand new subject today. We're going to get into a topic entitled, Bible Stuff You Need to Know. There's a lot of stuff we need to know from the Word of God. And today we're going to ask the question, what is God like? A lot of folks have an idea what God is like. Some have no idea at all. So I think that's a good place to begin. What is God like? That's what we'll see today right here on New Hope Radio. You know, knowledge of the Word of God, that is the best knowledge. It really is. And because you know what it does? It affects all of your life. In this series we're going to learn about God. We're going to learn about angels, Satan, the enemy, demons, man, and like I said today, okay, we're going to take a look at the attributes of God. What makes up God? We know that the Bible, it's an inexhaustible source. Of information, It really is. I mean, there is so much there. Only the mind of God could put all that stuff together. And he did a pretty good job. Now, of course, there are those who refuse the testimony of the Bible as God's Word. But, you know, hey, whatever. I know that the existence of God can be proven even outside of His Word. Besides, the, put the Bible away we can still prove the existence of God. We have the principles of cause and effect. In other words, we are here because of something. Right? Something caused us to be here on planet Earth. There is purpose in the world. It's not just a happenstance existence, as some people would like to believe, but no, it really doesn't work that way. We also noted that man... He is a moral and intelligent being. We are very different from the other creatures of the earth. You know why? We're made in the image of God. We are the offspring of a Heavenly Father. Hey, nature reveals God. Look at the divine design. Everything is perfect. Everything is working together in a beautiful way. You've got the seasons. You've got the tides. The weather. I mean, come on. Seed goes in the ground, something happens to it, and it grows into a bush. It grows into food, and that food has seed in it, and it just keeps repeating itself over and over. History reveals God. Events of history, the writings, people's testimonies, and of course, Jesus Christ. (laughs) He came to reveal God. He said, I came to reveal the Father. And he did. And then, of course, the Bible itself. So we have at least seven different ways that God can be found. The Bible tells us in Romans 1, verse 20, since the creation of the world, His invisible attributes, His eternal power, His divine nature, has been clearly seen. How? Being understood through what has been made so that they are without excuse. Wow. You know what Paul the Apostle is saying? If you don't believe, there's no excuse. You have willfully blinded yourself. I said willfully. You willfully blinded yourself to the existence of God. There is no excuse. That's what he said. And God has done all that to make himself known to us. So with all that in mind, let's see today what God is like Now, the best way to learn what God is like is to know his attributes. What are the attributes of God? The things that make up God. For instance, an attribute is a quality or a characteristic of a person or a Of a thing okay for instance let's talk about a car the attributes of a car got a transmission five-speed or automatic it's got tires are they radial tires are they off-road tires is it a convertible is it a hardtop does it have leather interior does it have fabric interior heated seats or non-heated seats see these are the attributes that make up the car we think about the attributes of a person is that person, well, they're generous, they're kind. Maybe they're a redhead. Maybe they're a hard-working individual. See, these qualities help us to understand a little bit more about that person or about that thing. So, when it comes to knowing God, our understanding should never come to a standstill. In other words, God is infinite. He's just like, whoo, he keeps going. He's like the home run ball that never comes down. It just keeps on going, right? God is infinite. We'll never come to a total knowledge of God because it'll take forever to get to know Him. But we're going to take a look at some attributes, 11 attributes, actually, of God today in our program. And by the way, it's a radio program, and it's also a podcast, which you can catch later at newhopecc.tv. Scroll down, it's there. Our podcast is also The Hope Club. You can find that on Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, I don't know, a bunch of other places as well. Just type in The Hope Club, and you'll find our podcast there also. So let's take a look at the attributes of God. Number one, omniscient. Omni means all. Niscient comes from the word noose. It means knowing. It's the word used for the mind. So it's like God is all-knowing. God knows Everything. Omniscience means that God knows everything, and this includes knowledge of things that, number one, actually happened, number two, might happen, number three, will happen. He's got knowledge of all those scenarios. In Romans 11.33, Paul said, God's knowledge is beyond human knowledge. He said, oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and the wisdom And the knowledge of God how unsearchable are you kidding me yes how unsearchable are his judgments and unfathomable his ways in other words his ways are so deep we can't get down there I don't know what the lowest point in the ocean is and I don't know if anybody can get there without getting crushed God's ways they're like that they're deeper than that you cannot measure you cannot fathom the ways of God. He's infinite. He knows things that could be. As Jesus one time said, Woe to you, Chorazin. That's a town. Woe to you, Bethsaida. That's another town. If the miracles had occurred in Tyre and Sidon, those are towns which occurred in you, they would have repented long ago. He's saying that if this certain thing, if I did certain miracles in these towns, those people would have accepted them. I know they would have. I did him in your towns, and you rejected him. He also knows the actual, and he knows the possible. You know, this is why I like this part. When you have a relationship with God, you are walking with somebody that knows everything. I wouldn't call God a know-it-all in the sense of a human know-it-all, because know-it-alls, they like to brag about it. God possesses it all. All knowledge is in God. And when you walk with God, you know what? Some of that knowledge starts to flow into you. The second attribute I want to mention today, the fact that God is holy. Holy means to be set apart. His holiness is His measuring rod as an absolute standard. As Like being healthy. You know, being healthy is more than... Not being sick. Being healthy means to have vitality, to have energy, to have a shining countenance. That's what that means. So, holiness is more than the absence of sin with God. It's being right, it's living right. For us, it's walking in the light as He is in the light. Holiness means to be set apart, distinct, separate. And when we walk with Him, that's what we become. Peter said, Like the Holy One who called you, be holy yourselves, in all your behavior. The holiness of God is the message of the entire Old Testament. The Holy of Holies, that back part of the Tabernacle, or that back part of the Temple, could only be entered by the High Priest, and that was once a year on the Day of Atonement. And yet to approach God the wrong way would mean death for the individual. Wow. Why? Because God was holy. Today, holiness has been watered down. We ask if something is sin, when we should ask if it is holy. Holiness is a separateness. It's a devoted to. God, when when the Bible says God is holy, it means He's separate and distinct from anything else. Anything else that's alive. Totally different he's also righteous While holiness concerns the character of God personally righteousness has more to do with his character expressed in his dealings with people holiness is his character righteousness is the expression of that character you could say in Psalm 19 verse 9 the judgments of the Lord are true they are righteous altogether what are his judgments his decisions his decisions his dealings with people are always right see that's a big help when I think about that I'm like that's pretty cool all of God's dealings with me whether I like them or not they're always right and all of God's dealings with you whether you like them or not they're always right it's good to know God is never wrong He's righteous. He's always right. The most obvious and sober application of the justice of God is in in connection with judgment. We will all stand before God and receive full justice. Oh, that day is coming! Are you ready? Now, the fact that we will all stand before God one day, it's a comfort to those that are saved by Christ, because you're going to stand before God to receive rewards for your faithfulness. Uh Uh-oh, but it's a horror to those who stand before Him that refused His salvation. Anybody that says no to God's offer of salvation will stand before Him and receive the just punishment for their deeds. And they will be alienated from God for all of eternity. Because they rejected the only thing that will rescue them. They rejected it. They said, no. It's like you're drowning and somebody throws you a life raft and you say, no. I'll drown. And so you do. The fourth attribute of God is love. You know what love is? God's love. God's love, and you can have this love, it's that which seeks the good of another. That's God's love. It seeks the good of another. You want to see God's love in action? 1 John 4.9 By this, the love of God was manifested in us, that God had sent His only begotten Son into the world so that we might live through Him. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the sacrifice for our sins. Think about that. That's love. God did something for our betterment. He sent his son to interrupt or intercept, that's a good word, to intercept the wrath that was coming toward us. And when you when you receive Christ as Savior, that wrath is intercepted. But if you don't, guess what? There's no interception. And you will receive the wrath. And you know how long that goes on? <laughs> all of eternity, forever. Some have taken a view of God's love to the degree that all men will be saved. That's called universalism. There's a problem with that. This is why all people will not be saved. It excludes the righteousness of God. See, love sent Jesus, but righteousness demands perfection. God can love you, and He does, but you have to have His righteousness to live with Him. And if you don't have his righteousness, you can't live with God in heaven. How do you get his righteousness? Through faith in Christ. By believing on Christ as your Savior, you receive his righteousness. So, love doesn't keep people out of hell. Righteousness does. Are there people in hell that God loves? Yes. Why are they there? Because they refused the righteousness that's required to live with God. They refused it. It's like if you want to live on the moon, you could have a spacesuit. Say so you want to come on the moon? Yeah. Okay, you need a spacesuit. I don't want a spacesuit. Oh, you can't live on the moon. You're not going to make it. You need a spacesuit. You want to live in heaven? You could have righteousness. I don't want righteousness. Okay, you can't get into heaven. Not gonna make it. You gotta you gotta be dressed properly in righteousness. If not, you're cast out. So only through believing are we really made perfect. And yeah, we are perfect in the eyes of God. Hallelujah. When we believe on Christ. The fifth attribute, if I can get through all of them in this broadcast, God is true. Oh, God is true. He's truth. It means He's faithful. He's reliable. You can always count on God. Now, it doesn't mean He's going to give you everything you want, but it means He's always going to be there for you. He won't take you out of the storm, but He'll be with you in the storm. We understand that God is true through His promises. Every promise God makes will come true. God's word can be trusted, and God can be trusted. As Psalmist said in Psalm 56 God, in God, I have put my trust. And I love the outcome of this. He said, I will not be afraid what man can do to me. That I trust God so much, I'm not afraid of man. I'm not afraid of people. I'm not not afraid of anything. Why? I've got God. He's got God. Now that doesn't mean nothing will happen to him. It just means he'll never be afraid. He'll never fear. And by the way, the more of God's Word you know the more you can trust Him. To know Him is to trust Him. Come on. God is free. He's independent of all creatures. He doesn't depend on anyone. He doesn't rely on anyone like we do. God is motivated by Himself. There's no force outside of God that activates him or motivates him. He's not, he's not under any obligation of any kind. And what he does for us, he does in grace. He does because of his goodness. So it's, three, it's through his free will and compassion that he does what he does for us. God has his own free will, but he also has compassion. And that's why he sent Jesus. He had compassion upon us in our lost condition. In Isaiah chapter 40, he asked the question, With whom did God consult? And who gave him understanding? Who taught him in the path of justice? And taught him knowledge? And informed him of the way of understanding? And we know the answer like nobody. Nobody. God is (laughs) (laughs) self-contained. He's all contained in himself. There's no outside force acting on God. Number seven, he's omnipotent. That's kind of like omniscient, but only potent. Omni means what? All. Potent means powerful. Oh yeah, all powerful. He's got all the power. God can say, I got the power. He's got the power. And you know what he's got the power to do? As Jesus said, I give eternal life to them. They shall never perish. No one shall snatch them out of my hand. That's power. Once you're saved, you can't be lost. Once you belong to God, you can't be stolen away. It's like you're inside the hand of God. In order to steal someone from God, you got to be bigger than God. Uh-oh, no one is. God has the power to bring the creation into existence. You know, the Bible opens up, in the beginning, God created The heavens and the earth, right off the bat. There's no debate. There's no, well, I don't know. God states it. In the beginning, I created everything. So that settles that, doesn't it? Of course it does. God also preserves. He's the great preserver of everything. Hebrews one three says, He upholds all things by the word of His power. Wow. That's how powerful His word is. He keeps the whole creation together just by his word. Just like when he said, Let there be light, boom, there was light. Let there be sky, boom, there was sky. Let the oceans fill with fish, boom, they filled with fish. And the sky filled with birds. He just said it, and it happened. He did it all for us. He did it all for us. God is eternal. It means he's, in, he's infinite. He has no beginning and there's no end. I know some people are like, well, you know, where did God start? He never did. We can't figure that out. You know, we use one-tenth of our brain, if we're lucky. Nine-tenths is just sitting there, stagnant. You think you can figure out God totally? We can't figure out infinity. No beginning, what? We can't even conceive of that because we don't have the ability. No end? Can't see that either. So it's difficult for us. But the Bible tells us, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. He has no beginning. He has no end. He always was. Now that's it. You just got to take it. He always was, because you don't have the ability to figure it out. Not with one-tenth of your brain, anyway. God is immutable. It means He's unchanging. He doesn't change. God never gets up on the wrong side of the bed. He doesn't have a bad day. James said, "Every good gift, every good and perfect gift, where does it come from? It comes down from the Father of Lights, with whom there is no variation or shifting shadow. There's no. He doesn't change. He's not like us. You know, we have a bad day. We have a good day. Some day it's like I feel like talking. Some days like don't talk to me, don't bother me. God's not. No." God has a good day every day. He never changes. He doesn't have mood swings like we do. His own testimony bears witness of that. For I, the Lord, he says, do not change. He doesn't change. He's always who he is. He's omnipresent. He's all present. He's everywhere present. And you know what that means? Nothing escapes his eye. That's another thing that's tough to comprehend. God sees it all. He sees everything. It's unbelievable. God is God in a way that we can't even conceive of Him. We can only get to know Him a little bit in this life. I'd I'd recommend that you do. God is sovereign. It means that He is the High Supreme Chief Ruler of the universe. He doesn't answer to us. We answer to Him. And yet, in His sovereignty... He has complete and total rule over everything. He doesn't operate outside of His attributes. See, that's the beautiful thing. God has all authority and all power, but He operates within His attributes, which means within His righteousness, within His love, within His truth, within His holiness, within His omniscience, within His eternity, within His immutability. See, all of his attributes complement each other. He doesn't go outside of righteousness. He doesn't go outside of his freedom, or outside of his immutability, the fact that he never changes. He doesn't go outside of that. That's why God is perfectly balanced by all of his wonderful characteristics. He's not a God of man's making. He's unlike any other And yet, he's chosen to reveal himself to us. That's probably the coolest thing. God has chosen to reveal himself to us. you realize that? He could have kept himself a secret, but he chose not to. He's revealing himself. And you know how he did it? He did it two ways. Well, he did it a number of ways. He did it, first of all, through nature. Then he did it through his word. He did it through his son. I mean, that's why Paul can say, hey, guess what? There's no excuse. I don't, I don't want it. God's like, hey, I don't want to hear it. There's no excuse. If you don't believe in me, in my existence and who I am, you are without excuse. And at the judgment of the great white throne, the category of people that will be standing there will be those that refused to believe. They refused. They made themselves and they kept themselves willingly blinded to God. They did that. They kept themselves and they made themselves willingly blind to God. But it doesn't have to be that way. That's why we're telling you today, don't do that. God has revealed himself, and all it takes is faith. See, here's how it works. It's not seeing, then believing. Some people say, well, you know, when I see, then I'll believe, except it doesn't work that way. Here's how it works. Believe, then you will see. Believe first by faith. Then God will open up your eyes, and you'll see. Because that's what he's looking for, faith. God will honor your faith by allowing you to see. And you will see. And you will see the truth about God. You certainly will. You will see how true God is. But you've got to believe first. Do you think you can do that? you think you can believe just look out the window and look at nature God is there read his word God is there look at the change in the lives of people that you know God is there and then you know what when you believe he'll really start to change you Wow he'll start to change you next time we're together we're gonna see how God revealed himself we will get a little deeper and God revealing Himself to all of us. Thank you for coming along today. Don't forget the Hope Club. Join the club. Get the devotionals. I'll see you tomorrow for more of New Hope Radio.